Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen. How's everybody doing? Glad to be back. And as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you guys for tuning in, downloading, streaming, however you watch this. I guess it wouldn't be streaming because it's not live, but I just thought about that. <laughs> but however you take my podcast podcast in, I appreciate it, whether you're watching it on YouTube uh, Spotify, wherever. Thank you. Tell a friend, enemy, co-worker, tell somebody about the podcast. If you're new, welcome. Uh, this podcast is just me talking for about 20, 30 minutes about my life, shit that I like, I don't like, shit that bothers me, shit that makes me laugh, shit that uh, makes me think. Uh, some people like it, some people love it. So, um, welcome. And I, I guess I'll jump right in. For those who don't know, we have a nine-year-old son. His name is Miles. And I like to talk about the different things that are going on in his life. Sometimes it's big. Sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's nothing. Hey, you never know. But um, uh, my son is a very, very cautious kid, just like myself. Uh, very hesitant to try new things. It's like once he finds something, he likes it and really doesn't want to do anything else. Again, like a lot of people. But... Um, He's uh not really a he's not the biggest outdoor kid, but he asked to go to the skate park, so I took him. So we're at the skate park on Saturday. Uh, we got the bike and we got the scooter out, and we've gone several times. And um, so he uh he decides to take the scooter down a couple of hills, and really build up some speed. And um, he made it down that first hill, but uh, the second one, I, I think he picked up a little too much speed. He got nervous, and uh, he fell. And my initial instinct was to jump up and go running to see if he was okay. And I had to stop myself. I go, all right, let me just look from afar. He doesn't seem to have anything broken. He popped up really quick. And, uh, of course, he came running over. He, he, he was in shock. Uh, you know, rubbing his leg, and you can just tell he was just like, "What the fuck just happened?" Um, yeah, he's nine, and he's really never fallen off a bike or anything, or really gotten hurt much. He just, you know, he's so cautious, and he's played outside, but he just really hasn't uh, pushed himself to the point where uh, he, he's gotten hurt. Uh, not that we seeking to get hurt as kids, but you know, we get hurt all the time as kids, and he, for him. Not as often because it's just not as an, as adventurous. But he falls, and in my mind, I'm thinking like, "Oh, we just we're going home." We we had only been there maybe ten minutes, and I was just like, "He's not gonna want to stay." And he he came over. He was he was pretty distraught, you know, rubbing his leg, asking a lot of questions. He didn't want me to look at it because he was afraid it was gonna look really really bad. You know, the the, the knee is scraped up, his elbow scraped up a little bit. Um, and this is also a, a, a test for me. I have to be more patient and understanding. Like I tried to pull his pant leg up and go, hey, buddy, let daddy see how bad it is. He goes, no, 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 no. I don't I don't want to see it. And instead of me getting riled up and upset and like making him let me see his knee, I go, you know what? When you want to look at the knee, you'll look at it on your own time. And I go, this is this is what we can do. I was like, we can either sit here. And we can watch people skate and, and enjoy the nice weather. Um, or I was like, you can sit here. You can gather yourself, decide if you want to continue to ride your bike or the scooter. And we can continue to do so. I was like, or if you feel like you're done, 
we can go home. I was like, it's up to you. None of these choices are, um, if you want to leave, that's not a bad thing. If you want to stay, not a bad thing. Uh, it's up to you. I was like, I'm not going to pressure you. If you want to go, that's completely fine. If you want to stay, that is also completely fine. And I left it alone. I, I played around on my phone. And eventually he started looking at the knee. He started asking questions about the uh, will it stop bleeding? What's going to happen? How long is this going to take? You know, he's just a very inquisitive kid. He's he's very curious about how his body works and injuries and stuff. And I just have to be patient with it. And guess what? About 10 or 15 minutes later, after him watching other kids ride around and fall and get up and all this kind of stuff, he slowly got up. He didn't want to ride the scooter again, but he got up. He was like, I think I want to ride the bike. And we stayed there for another couple hours and we had a good time. And um, uh, so he did roll his ankle trying to stop himself. So um, he he did he did hurt himself a couple of times. Um, he couldn't walk on the ankle for about a day. He took crutches to school um, Monday. He wanted to take them yesterday. Uh, this is funny is because he came running downstairs without the crutches, and he was like, "I think I want to take the crutches. I might need them." I go, "You sure, man? You you, you seem to be walking around pretty good on them, on on your own." He goes, "No, I think I want to take them just in case." Uh, I take him to school a little bit late just because it's just easier to get him out with the crutches and stuff. If it's not cars fucking piled up and, and people trying to get to work and stuff. So we get to school a little late and he's walking up to the school carrying the crutches. And I go, hey, buddy, I think if you're carrying the crutches, you you probably don't need them. I was like, but if you want to bring them, you, 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 we, can, we can bring them. I, I'm trying really uh, hard just to be extremely patient and understanding. I don't, I never really want to make him seem like I, I don't believe him or I don't trust him. Uh, Cause I kind of went through that as a kid, you know, it's just like uh, no one ever really believed anything I was going through. It was always a lie. Everybody always had to go back, double check to make sure I was telling the truth. It just kind of sucks when you feel like um, as a kid, where you feel like people, and it's hard to understand because as a kid, you just don't understand you don't really understand uh, people being cynical. You're just like, why don't why don't people believe me? You don't understand how people can become cynical, or they or they feel like people are trying to get over on them. They always want to double check, or they're second guessing. They always think there's some ulterior motive. So it just uh, it, it kind of fucks you up. So I, I'm really trying not to feel like is he lying to me? Is he trying to get over? Is he trying to fuck me over? It's just like. That my military brain has really made me like that, um, and I, I'm trying not to do it because I know it's it's a very unhealthy thing to do. But I digress. So uh, we get into the school, and he goes, "You know what? I I think uh, I think I don't want the crutches." So he decided not to have the crutches, and he's been fine. But I, I just wanted to say I'm I'm very very proud of him because again, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, there's there's no way he would have gotten up. And actually uh, sat down, thought about it, collected himself, asked questions and go, you know, what? I'm going to get back out there. It would have been like, boom, I fell. I'm going home. I never want to ride this scooter ever again. You know, and we had to talk. It's just like, hey, man, this is kind of like how what life is like. You know, you're going along, you kind of fall, you get hurt, but you, you got to get up and, and um, dust yourself off and and keep on moving. Uh, it, it's just so weird as a parent, man. You, you find yourself having those those 
quote unquote corny teaching moments with your kids about, you know, you got to get up and dust yourself off. And this is a metaphor for life, but it, it really is. So I'm just, I'm just very, very proud of my son for, um, for really just uh, taking a deep breath, analyzing everything. Um, this was big too. He, when he eventually was able to build up the courage to look at his knee, he goes, oh, it's really not that bad. He goes, it's not as bad as I thought it was what, uh, what I thought it was. I go, see? I was like, that's great. And I told him, I go, a lot of times in life, that's how things are. We think things are really, really bad, but when we really dive into it or look at it, look into it, or we begin a process of, of you know, uh, a, a new process, we, we, we go into a different um, a new job. We go into something new in life or, you know, we have to handle a problem. And we found when we finally get in there and, and we start to 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 um, deal with these things, we realize like, oh, you know what? This isn't as bad. This isn't as hard. This isn't as scary. This isn't as heavy. This isn't as, you know, whatever it is, as I thought it, it was in my mind. I built this up to be this big thing. And turns out it really wasn't as bad, hard, uh, heavy, scary, whatever it may be, as I thought it was. So that was huge. I'm just very, very proud of him. He was able to just move on. It took a little bit of time, and I'm okay with that. So I just got to sit in it, be patient, and it all worked out. So I'm very, very proud of my son. It was a big moment. I told my wife, she said she was proud of both of us. Because I'm also struggling with this parenting thing and, and, and figuring out how to handle these situations. And most of all, being patient and understanding. That's that's key. Being patient and understanding of a situation. So part of my boy. Now, that's easy. That's a longer um, milestone than, than normal. If you're not into the parent stuff, I'm sorry. Uh, that's what I. this is some of the stuff that I like to talk about. Um, Super Bowl. Did you guys enjoy it? Moving on. Super Bowl. Um, I took uh, fellow comic Bill Burr's advice years ago. Because I used to be one of these people, uh, I've said before, I'm not a huge, huge football fan, but I do like the playoffs. I do like the Super Bowl. And uh, so I would, you know, I watch the playoffs and everything, and I really get into the Super Bowl. But I was watching all the buildup every year for, for years, all the, the pre-shows and the analysis, uh, pre-game analysis, all breaking down each position and these matchups and all the backstories and just just trying to get into the mood, you know, of the, of the Super Bowl. But I noticed, like, all that buildup, I would end up enjoying the game less. Because I go, man, I heard about this kid and his and growing up in Alabama and his dad died and his mom got hurt and he had to do this. He had to go to work and play football. He, you know, just had to take care of his family. You, you hear all these stories about all these things people had to overcome. And it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's 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 cool stuff to hear. It's very motivating. Uh, it's heartfelt. But for me, it's just like I watch all that kind of stuff, and then all the buildup. They kick the ball off. It's a touchback. They go to commercial, and you're like, man, all this buildup, and it's really just a football game. <laughs> you just realize it's just a game. All that all that hype surrounding. The game. It's no different than any other game all season. 
I get it's the last one, but it's just like it was just so much hype. I just really wasn't enjoying myself. So again, I take Bill Burr's advice. I stopped watching all that shit years ago. I, I watched it. I watched all the playoffs, uh, you know, championship games. I'll watch a little bit of the initial analysis of what they think the uh, the matchups. I mean, what the matchups are going to be like, who they think are going to who's going to win. I'll watch that uh, maybe like the the Monday after the the uh, um, division division championship games. Just a, a little bit of initial. Everybody's excited. The teams are excited. You know, all these speculations are being thrown out here, and you know, so I watch all that stuff, but. After the first day, I'm done. I watch nothing. I, even the day of, no pregame anything. I find out when the kickoff is. I put the TV on literally like one minute before, and boom, I'm just watching I'm watching the game. That's it. And I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I have, I've never really been a huge halftime guy, halftime show person. It, typically, there's really not people that I really want to see or, or care about. But uh, I would say this year was dope. I mean, L.A., you got Snoop and Dre, two of the biggest artists uh, to come out of L.A. in, what, 30, 40 years? Two of the biggest, um, well, excuse me, figures in hip-hop history. I mean, just uh, for me, I know, I feel like Dr. Dre and Snoop really, like, um, they really – Made it okay for like East Coast East Coast cats like me to fuck with West Coast music because back in the nineties, big East Coast West Coast few people really would oh, I don't fuck with that they don't fuck with us, but Dre and uh, Snoop were kind of like this um, this uh, they just were like this um, this duo they were just like these people they made it okay they were like this this bridge between East and West like hey man these these dudes are dope check them out. And uh, they were kind of my introduction to West Coast rap. I fell in love with that. And just uh, I, just going down that whole rabbit hole of like uh, West Coast gangster rap, West Coast lifestyle, um, just just all that, you know, not not that that's all black culture, but just like the, the, the gangbanger culture. I had no idea about any of that. The West Coast lifestyle, the gang shit, uh, the cars, the dress. Uh, all that, you know, just the the, the different hairstyles, the the dickies and the um the flannels and shit. This back in the day, it was just so segregated when it came to music. And I mean, East Coast definitely had their very distinct personalities. I mean, it's it's still there, but nowadays, like when it comes to fashion and music, I mean, you got East Coast cats wearing, you know, Southern style stuff and West Coast cats cats wearing Thames and looking more East Coast and, and vice versa. So it's a lot more fluid and a lot of more uh, I guess intersectionality. I think that might be the word the kids are using. But um it was just amazing, man, to, to see these dudes. It's funny also to see them getting older and, and uh, slowing down a little bit. A lot of two-stepping, a lot of rapping in place, not a lot of hype, which is kind of funny. Uh, 50 Cent had his old ass hanging upside down, which I'm pretty sure he still has a headache. Um, watching people clown him, absolutely hilarious. Uh, that guy, man, 50, marketing genius. He stays relevant by just talking shit constantly. Fucking with Floyd Mayweather, other people. He's just he just stays relevant in a in a negative way. He's just one of those dudes. Uh he just he just knows how to use the internet. He brought back his old ass G unit tank tops. And I when I saw that, I go, you niggas better not start wearing these fucking tank tops again. And sure enough, I'm on Twitter the other day. Boom, 50 Cent is selling the headbands, 
the tank top. So shout out to him, man. <laughs> I, I knew it was going to happen. That, that guy never misses the opportunity to sell some shit, man. He's a very smart and savvy businessman. Um, it was cool seeing him too, man. That that guy, man. Woo! I think I like 50 so much, man, because I, I for me, I feel like he really brought back uh, East Coast rap in a uh, in a dope way. And I think he brought it into a, a new era. You know, a lot of these, even the cats who like fuck with Jay-Z, they were like, man, what's up with this 50 cent cat? He brag about being shot. He kind of mumbles when he raps and he talking a lot of shit. It, it's just, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was dope. Eminem too, man. Uh, I, if I'm being completely honest, I was never a huge Eminem fan, but I do recognize his skills. The dude is dope. But, uh, I mean, just, just hearing some of those classic classics, at the uh, Super Bowl, man, just brought back a lot of memories of me being a young airman uh, at Luke Air Force Base in my dorm, listening to all these all these songs. And uh, I mean, just to this day, man, those, those those Dre beats, man, they still send a chill up my spine, man. When you hear Dre on those keys, man, forgot about Dre. Oh my God, come on, man, come on, man. That's 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 classic hip hop right there, man. Um, Mary J. Blige, look. I, I love Mary J. Blige. Just, just a top to bottom, great halftime show. Uh, Mary J. Blige, one of my favorite uh, artists. I had a huge crush on her growing up. I thought she was fantastic. Um, she's an icon. She's a fashion icon. She's a music uh, icon. Um, I feel like a lot of young women in the music industry today, I think she has a lot of influence on on how she on how they dress. I mean the wigs, the boots, the just just the um she was just iconic and, and just revolutionary and just a voice for women back in the day, man, and, and still is today. And uh I just think it's so funny <laughs> that that black people we have like this stereotype of like, oh, we got rhythm, we can dance. And here we have Mary J. Blige, who I feel like is for me, she is a uh when i when i talk about black women and what they in my mind what how black women are what they look like uh how, what they sound like what they embody like mary j blige is one of the women that pops up in my head and i think for a lot of men and women it's just something about mary man she's just she just embodies black women man just i, I love everything about her but for her to be a musical icon fashion icon the woman cannot dance. It is hilarious. I mean, the the music thing to be such a big, <laughs> a big personality in the music industry and to not be able to dance, I think is hilarious. But it just shows you, man, we all can't dance. <laughs> one of the, one of the best musical black musical artists to come out in the last 20, 30 years, man. Uh, she can't dance to save her life. It's it's hilarious, man. But we uh, we all love Mary, man. It's all fun. It's all love, man, the way people make memes to make fun of how bad of a dancer she is. But uh, it was great, man. She always looks dope. Uh, the outfits were banging. The, the, it just brought back a lot of memories. And um, I enjoyed it. So shout out to L.A. You know, maybe next time Cincinnati. It would have been nice to see Cincinnati win. Joe Burrow seems like a great dude. Let me say this. This is weird. And I'll get out of here on this. OBJ which is it's very unfortunate that this man tore his uh his ACL man he can't catch a break man it's just he's so talented 
and a lot of people don't like him because he, he's such a, a big personality. But he goes, oh, I think this was God's plan. I go, I'm thinking, I don't know if that's God's plan, bro. A lot of people like to do that. I think this is what God wanted. It's just like, you think God woke up that Sunday, was just like, I got a lot to do. Today's my busy day. It's the Super Bowl. I got to stop some. Uh, I got to make sure this war over in the Ukraine don't pop off today. This lady's praying that she gets a job. This lady wants her. Uh, this guy wants his son to get out of jail. Oh, I got to I got to go and tear a uh, OBJ's uh, uh, ACL at the Super Bowl. I got to answer these prayers at church today. <laughs> it's just weird. I don't know. To each his own. If that's how you feel, OBJ. Hey, but uh Congratulations and shout out to the L.A. Rams. Um, I'm actually glad to see uh, OBJ win a ring. Uh, he's getting a lot of shit in 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 uh, in, in Cleveland, and I, I'm not saying this man isn't a diva, but he's very very talented. And you know what? If you're not comfortable where you're at, and you think you can you can do better as well elsewhere, why not move on, man? It, it just sucks that like so many people just want they want to see people suffer. They want to see you in a shitty position. They want to see you not happy. You know why? Because that's how their lives are. They're stuck in a shitty dead end job, or it could be a it, it could be a job where they make a lot of money, but they're not happy. And they're like, you know what? There's really not much I can do. So when they see other people in those positions, that's what they want them to go through. And I and I and I think that I think that sucks. If you have the ability to move, or to change the situation and make it better to your liking, why not do that? I understand life is hard and you can't always do what you want to do. But when you can change this situation, why not? Why not change it when you can? Because there's going to be plenty of times where you can't. So stop getting mad at people when they're not happy in the situation and they want to move in and, and change it and be happy. I, I don't I don't understand why people get so mad when people want to be happy. And I, look, I get it. I can understand. I understand the thing, uh, this thing of like, uh, you're not going to be happy all the time. Uh, I understand that. That can be annoying where there's where you have adult people, uh, human beings that feel like I should be happy, cozy. Uh, I should have this feel good feeling all the time. That's that's not going to happen. But when your work isn't fulfilling and stuff like that, and if you can change that for yourself to make yourself happier so you can enjoy the one life you have, why not do that? I saw the video of LeBron James dancing to the music to the halftime show uh, at the Super Bowl, and people are like, "The Lakers' record is this," and here's LeBron James. Is this motherfucker supposed to be mad all the time? Hey, what's up, LeBron? Hey, I can't enjoy myself. I'm thinking about our record. This man has been in the league for twenty something years. He's put in almost two decades playing basketball professionally. He's he's almost done. Why can't he enjoy his life? You know, I don't, I don't think he doesn't try on the court. Why can't he enjoy something outside of the game? Yeah, his team isn't doing great, but that doesn't mean this man got to sit at home or or not go anywhere because his team isn't isn't doing as well. It's like we put this stuff off on other people, and we don't we don't act this way. Again, it's just we see somebody who we feel like is living a way better life than ours when it comes to money, fame, all kind of stuff. And we we want them to be unhappy. Just so when they're unhappy, we can go, you got all this fucking money and you're complaining. We don't even know. We don't know what we want. And lastly, I forgot I was going to mention this. 
Um, I don't know his real name, but I started uh, following this guy. His name is Work Money. I think that's his name. Uh, that's his. At least that's his Instagram handle. Let me look him up. I don't. I don't follow him anymore. It's just. Uh, it's kind of sad. Let me look it up real quick, folks. Okay, work. Yeah, he's lost a shit ton of followers based on this. All right, so um, his channel is work money. I noticed uh, uh, that uh, he had a lot of cool pictures of like uh, and videos of him shooting guns and all this kind of stuff. And I, I like that kind of stuff. I was military. And uh, I'm like, oh, here's a here's a black dude. He looks like he might have been a soft guy. If you don't know what that is, that's just a special um, special ops, special operations forces. You know, spec ops, soft, SF, whatever you want to call it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm into that kind of stuff. I like it. Seals, Green Berets, I like all this shit. And I noticed, like, it went from all this, this kind of, like, tactical stuff. I thought he wanted to be, like, a, a combat medic or, you know, some type of soft medic. And then I noticed, like, his page went from, like, all this tactical stuff, you know, shooting. And and uh, he would have some really cool pictures of him, like, in this plate carrier. This um, He would wear, like, this really this uh tactical helmet with these nods on it and he would be in a 7-eleven getting a sloper slurpee he's got this little mini uh m4 it just it was just these cool little like uh juxtaposition photos of like him decked out in his tactical gear gear at a 7-eleven getting a hot dog or a smoothie thought it was cool kind of artistic and uh i noticed it kind of went from the shooting to the 7-eleven stuff to then he started doing more like uh fashion photography like women and dresses and stuff, makeup, and then they would have like maybe a tactical helmet, like a little submachine gun or something like that. And I was like, okay, this is a little weird, but I, I fuck with it. People trying to find, you know, uh, different things to get into. And then I, I noticed he uh, he posted, uh, he took everything down, and um, he wrote this. Uh, you can't see it, but this long thing talking about how in nineteen nineteen in twenty eighteen he actually failed uh, selection and. He was not a Green Beret. So I guess for some time on the Internet, he was posing as Special Forces. And he was a uh, military person, personnel, a, a veteran. Uh, he was in the Army, but he was not Special Forces. And that's something that you don't do in the military, man. You, you don't lie about shit you've done. All right? and, and, and here's the thing. There's a there's a lot of stolen valor out there. There's a lot of people who would love to be in the military, but for whatever reason, they can't do it. They couldn't do it. They won't do it. I don't know. But there are a lot of people who are obsessed with military service, obsessed with military guys, special forces, all that kind of stuff. And they want nothing more than to be a part of it. And so you have these people that will steal valor. They will wear um, uniforms out in public, you know, looking for um, you know, just some type of recognition. Hey, thanks for your service, discounts, whatever. And it, and it sucks, and, and we've all seen the Stolen Valor videos, people getting yelled at, getting called out when you when they ask specific things, you know, wearing a uniform wrong, all that type of shit, you know. Um, but, and look, I get it. This guy, he deserves to get shit. You don't lie about being special forces, okay? that's that's a, Those guys spend a lot of time, effort, and some guys actually lose their life trying to achieve these these goals. And, and, it, and, it, and it sucks. And, and he definitely should be... Um, talk to he should be ashamed of himself it, it, it's fucked up to do 
But I mean, it's some. But I will say this: but some of the responses from people, man, it is absolutely like uncalled for. Uh, unless you had business dealings with this guy, and I can understand if you are a combat veteran and you lost friends, but if you're just like a random gun enthusiast and you're like really yelling at this guy and calling him a piece of shit and telling him he should die, it's just like, look, man, I think if it, if more than anything, you're mad at yourself. This is one thing I, I don't like about the gun community. And I'm a huge gun guy, uh, but two-way advocate, but there's a lot of fucking fake-ass, douchey-ass alpha male wannabes in that community, and that's why I don't really fuck with it that much anymore. It's just a lot of dick-swinging. It's just a lot of, like, it's just a lot of people who think they know um, everything about guns, everything about being tactical, everything about being in con, and it's fucking annoying. And a lot of those people in that community, they think they're smarter than everybody. They think they're tougher than everybody. They think they know what the fuck is going on more than everybody. And I think that, like, they got sucked into this guy's personality. They followed him. They were giving their little like, comments and advice and all this pictures and shooting and all that kind of stuff. And then they find out this guy is, 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 is phony, and they're mad at themselves. Because people like this, like, people in that world, they think they're good at, at – um at uh, recognizing deception. They think they're good at calling out people when they're phony. They think they're, they're good at like noticing um, uh, uh, fake operators and fake military people and, and uh, people who really aren't about that shit. And they got got, and I think they're really mad at themselves. Like, yeah, you could be upset at this guy, but just some of the comments that were made that, that were made are just absolutely insane. Now, if you had, a, if you had business dealings with this guy, that's one thing. If you're special forces, if you're a combat veteran and you lost friends, again, that's a different story. But if you're just a, a, a random, like, uh, Joe Tactical, you never served, you're just really into guns and all that kind of shit, you need to, you need to really check yourself. That guy, he didn't, really, he didn't hurt you. I can see he hurt other people. But just some of the comments, man, they're just, just way out of line. I thought the dude was cool. I really liked this stuff. Am I am I that upset? And I served for 20 years. Am I really that mad at the guy? No. Again, if you had no business business dealings with him, if you are not a combat veteran, if you didn't lose friends, I just don't see the level of anger. You, you just I, I don't get it. You, you, you're mad at yourself because you, you thought you were some type of a deception detector. You thought you knew your shit, and you obviously didn't, and you're mad at him, and... um you lash it out. All right, so I'm done. There's a show. That's a show. Uh, I'm at the Columbus Funny Bone this weekend with my man Mark Norman. I'm also closing out uh, a show in Columbus after my shows with Norman. Um, I'm really excited about that. I'm doing some shows with some with some local comics. I'm going to be at Junior's Bar. Okay, Sunday night, nine o'clock. In Columbus, Junior's Bar and Grill, nine o'clock after my shows uh, at the Funny Bone this weekend. Saturday, I mean Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with Mark Norman. I'm headlining Junior's Bar, downtown Columbus, nine o'clock uh, with some local local comics that I've that I've met there before. Uh, Chris Toyloy, Yale Reams, Sheena Rabini, Dan Seabree, and um, Halima. Absure. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm excited. Um, it's been a while since I've been to Ohio. And um, 
Can't wait to see everybody. OH, I yo. All right, I'm out. Peace.